Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. This call is now being recorded. Welcome back to the greatest show in the universe. In studio with Matt, yes. myself, and on the line we have Taylor Chandler. How are you doing, Taylor? <laughs> I am fabulous. How are you guys? Really good. It's like Groundhog Day, I feel like. I feel like we've, I feel like we've done this before. <laughs> Probably. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, how would you describe yourself in like the public eye? Kind of like you're like very famous. But how would you describe yourself? Like, um, these days, um, I take the notoriety and I try to use it to make a difference. Um, but obviously, five years ago, people know me best as having dated Michael Phelps and being outed by the media as being intersex and then making a deal with Vivid Studios to do Going for the Gold, which is um, a celebrity sex tape based on my life with Michael Selt. That's pretty gangster. Huh? I said, that's pretty gangster. Sounds great. Great turn on things. It's really nice. Thank you. What uh, what does intersex mean, like, to listeners, I guess? I was born both genders. Um, there's different variations of intersex. Um, for me, that meant I was male, which, in essence, means I was born um, a combination of both genders, and my gender wasn't, like, easy to determine when I was born. But we live in a binary world, so they did gender mutilation surgery as as an infant and gave me to my parents and it wasn't until I could walk and talk that anybody really knew something was wrong. So when you say gender mutilation uh, surgery, um, that's that's super fucking complicated probably because... They're like, cut your dick or something? Yeah, you have no choice at that point when you're a child, you know? Right, I had just been born. Like, they they had an expression... um, sew a hole or make a pole. And they sewed what was my vagina up and what was resembling of a phallic symbol. Um, They kept. Um, But I didn't have testes. I didn't have ovaries, but I had a uterus. Okay. Okay. Is that that what they call like a hermaphrodite, like back in like Greek days or something? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's interesting. It's like... That's actually super interesting. Like, so, what what, uh, what do you know about that? What is like what's, like what is I don't know anything about that. It sounds like just it's unique, is what I'm saying. Like I don't. What are the pros and cons? What are the pros and cons of that? Like more or less, like. Um, well, around the world, um, people have murdered people like me or put them away. You know, like you said, originally we were called. Aphrodites, and you thought of us as like freaks or people that were in the circus. Um, there's now laws in a lot of countries um, to protect against gender mutilation surgery so that okay. doctors can't turn around and do something without consent by the parents. And these days they believe that it's best to wait and see how the child forms and develops. Um, to make a decision whether surgery is necessary. Some intersex people um, are comfortable being intersex and don't 
have one gender over another that they choose to be. They um, are comfortable being both. Sure, sure. Could yeah. you explain to a more like myself, like why, uh, well, why intersex is a terminology? Like, what, uh, that, that's the correct, that does not offend more or less, like, terminology that people prefer, I imagine? Um, you know, I think for most people, when I tell the story and explain it, they're, they tend to be understanding. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, people think of people on the gender spectrum that, um, are transgender, like it's a choice and it's it's not you know um but it's easier because of the medical diagnosis at such a young age for people to accept intersex um but you know it's like i said there's like 55 variations of intersex and you know people that are trans are born that way just like someone that is intersex is when i was younger there was no such word as intersex you know it was hermaphrodite and now we think of that as like an inappropriate term um a negative slur and so it's not used anymore um but you know like five years ago people didn't wait for an explanation they accused me of being born a man of being deceptive and at the time, I thought, you know, if I was born a man, my mother's poor uterus. <laughs> you know, um, I've never lived as a man. Um, I transitioned as a child. My name and birth certificate were amended before I had any surgery and was an adult. And as soon as I was old enough, I had surgery. And I'm anatomically female, which is pretty obvious considering I have a celebrity sex tape. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. So you had a, like for language terms, you cut, you end up having like your dick cut off basically, and then open back up then to the other gender morals. That's a a pretty blunt way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to explain, yeah, I just wanted to like understand. Like that's interesting. It's just interesting. I'm not like I'm not being like I'm not trying to be some ass. It's just no. something I don't hear every day. But that's the way people would think of it. Um, it's much more scientific than that. Um, in actuality, they don't take anything off. It's, you know, kind of cut and inverted because mm-hmm. when we're all infants, we're technically all in the first trimester, female, and then the ovaries drop down and become testes, the opening closes, and then the clitoris would grow out and become a penis if yeah. you were going to be male. For yeah. sure, no. I definitely thanks for that explanation. That makes more. That's great. It's interesting. Though. So, you, it, it, was it was it complicated? Um, you know, being that they did do that, you know, mutilation surgery uh, as an infant was that um, yeah, corrective surgery was that like a problem? Was it was it what difficulties did you have with that? I had a lot of surgery as a child because I couldn't pee correctly, and there was a lot of scar tissue. So when they went back in to make me anatomically female and kind of right or wrong, um, it wasn't as simple as it should have been because there was so much scar tissue after all those years. And I'd had so many surgeries trying to correct, you know, the problems with my urethra and trying to pee correctly. So, you know, even after I had surgery, it wasn't like perfect. 
I still had complications and still had issues peeing. But now I love to say I'm I'm good. Things are good. We That's pee. great. <laughs> <laughs> and you're rocking out sex tapes. I ain't got. I don't have that under my belt. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do maybe somewhere on the earth, but you know, it's not public. I don't think you know. So. But well, it's dangerous. Great. You never know when those things are going to become public. Oh God, right. Well, I don't. I don't regret those uh, by any means. Uh, you know, so whatever. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If we do get there, and uh, keep moving forward, right? So, uh, Anthony, what's up? What's your opinion on sex tapes? On sex tapes, like, in what regard? Like, would you ever make one or? Me personally, now yeah. nobody wants to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get you talking. Yeah, they're not feeling. So Taylor, what's, uh, what's your favorite part about this, like, fame and notoriety that, uh, that you have experienced, like, the, the positive side of it so far? Um, you know, in the beginning, it was fun. You know, I got to travel a lot. People were interested in my life. I mean, doing Howard Stern was amazing. Um, Who's Howard Stern? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just this little... You know, Shock Doc in New York. Very few people have heard of him. <laughs> um, it's kind of underground. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've heard. I wish him luck. I wish him luck. <laughs> it was crazy being, like, in magazines like Cosmopolitan, Time, Glamour, you know, um, being on Huffington Post, people and that knew me and friends I worked with, seeing me on, like, Entertainment Tonight. Um, it was crazy to have my life be so exposed, but at the same time, it was exciting in the beginning, but it's like what, whatever goes up kind of must come down, and that's what it felt like. You know, about a month and a half after I did Howard Stern, um, when Michael got engaged to the girl he was cheating on me with, Nicole, um, Howard came out and made comments and acted like everything I said was a lie and I was crazy and called me like a he-she and an it. And, you know, the crazy thing is my contract with the Howard Stern Show and SiriusXM was many pages long and everything had to be verified and, you know, validated before I even did the show. So for him to say stuff like that was crazy. But we're like in a world where it's easier to believe. Well, people prefer to believe a lie over what the truth is because they're, it makes them uncomfortable to know the truth. I'm not going to say that for sure. Howard Stern's the last guy should be talking about looks probably, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He, he was... When I did his show, it's like he was doing America's Got Talent at the time, so he had to deal with NBC Universal. And his shows had become very um, proper, vanilla. No one was nude. There was nothing crazy. So it was, kind of, it was kind of crazy that when I said to him, you know, he asked how big my boobs were. And then I was like, you know, 34 triple D. And he's like, can I see them? So I was like, sure. And then just, I don't know what 
came over. Well, actually, I do. I'd already shot going for the gold, but no one knew it. So my publicist, Lainey Spicer, said, if there's any way for you to get nude on this show, take it. And so once I'd shown him my boobs, I was like, hey, you want to see my puss? And he was like, yes. And I didn't expect him to say yes. So then I got huh. it on Howard Stern. Solid. I'd, I'd get naked on Howard Stern. Shit. <laughs> you know? He's a really neat guy. Like, off the air, he's very, like, calm and, like, prophetic. And, you know, he's very different. But once that light comes on, he's like a showman. Yeah. I understand that. So with with your relationship with Michael Phelps, how long were you guys together? It was a really short time. I met him yeah. in August, and I was with him till November. And a month of that, he was in rehab. Um, it was new. Like, I, I said it a long time ago when the press picked up on it. I was like, it was like a teenage love affair. So if you think back when you were younger and you meet someone, you really like them. And these days with the Internet and dating apps, you you tell someone so much about yourself and you know them so intently before you ever meet them. It's like when I met him, you know, we had already talked on the phone for hours, texted for hours. We connected over horses because my dad was a jockey. Um and he has horses, and we both had complicated relationships with our fathers, you know, and he was retired. He wasn't even in the public eye, you know. People, of course, knew who he was, but it's not like he was doing anything. Our life was very, like, mellow and laid back, like, nerdy and boring until he got that DUI. And then when he got the DUI, people saw me leave his house. My car was parked in front of it. At the time, I was a sign language interpreter, and all my information was public because of my credentials with the state for interpreting. So at first, they were like, they knew who I was, but they didn't know that much about me. So it was a transgression. So like September 30th, I was like this model type seen leaving his house. Then in October... I became a cougar. And then November 19th of 2014, I was outed as being intersex, but they would only explain what intersex meant when you clicked on something or opened it up. The headlines were like, Michael Phelps is dating a man. And that just wasn't the case at all. Even if he was, who cares, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he really... Like, not you personally, but you just say he was dating, like, a man with a fucking mustache. Who cares? You know, it's like, it's like, who, like, realistically, I think it's just negativity, you know? Absolutely. You know, and the story shouldn't have been that big a deal, but it was a big deal because of how I was born and my gender. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you, go, if you win gold medals for America, you do whatever the fuck you want, I feel like. I, I feel like if you're a champion, you feel like you... He's like, I smoke weed and all shit. He's like, it gives a fuck. I, I don't, I don't know. As weird people, I think people are so insecure. They want to, they're always looking for something to throw rocks at. 
Like they like they're so like uh, uncomfortable being themselves and like self deprecating that they, they they look towards like a target to throw rocks towards and be like, I hate this this week. Like like what's it this week? We're all afraid of the coronavirus this week, I think, and then next week it'll be something else. Like three weeks ago it was like World War Three or something. Yeah, you know, it's like we you mean just like all the dumb shit, this media bubble bullshit, you know? Yeah, I mean people are quick to hate and think negative of things they don't understand or that are different. You know, unbeknownst to most people, Michael knew my situation before it went public. He didn't know it when we were first dating. Um, but I don't know that it, it was anybody's business um, what my path was. You know, I was intersex. I was never a man, but I possess XX and XY chromosomes. So regardless okay. of what I am anatomically, I am both genders. I'm not one or the other, technically. So whenever, whenever um, this whole thing went down, did he did he act like a gentleman through the whole process, or was he kind of, you know, how did he act, or how did he, you know, make this situation better or worse for you? Privately, he was initially great. When he went to rehab, um, I stood by him. He told me that Drew, his agent, would be there to help me and would protect me. But instead, you know, they did everything in their power to distance him from me. And then because his mother, and he wanted to please her, he loved her. Well, he loves her. Um, she wanted him to go to Rio. And so he wanted to go back to the Olympics. And at that time, Caitlyn Jenner hadn't come out yet. And so the world wasn't ready to deal with someone with a gender conflict. So he's never said anything publicly, one way or the other. But his silence was... Explains it all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I get that, you know. Um, have you guys been in contact since or no? Yeah, we were somewhat, but I haven't at this point talked to him in a long time. Um, sure. You know, he's happily married, has three kids, and, you know, normally when you break up with someone, you don't see them again. Unfortunately, right. his image is everywhere. There's always stories. He's on a platform of mental health. And so I constantly see him and have to deal with him in some way, shape, or form. So mentally, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot. Now it's not as bad. Yeah. Was the sex good? Oh, my God. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy <laughs> to think, but it, he, he really taught me about my body and who I am. Um, he is an incredible lover, and you wouldn't think that he would need to be because people are just so drawn to him. He could be like a lazy lay, but mm -hmm. he's anything but. Like, there's not one inch of my body he did not know. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to comment on that. You know, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Yeah. Um, anyway, so so when, when you when you made that sex video, um, was that man in there supposed to be an image of Michael Phelps, or was that? Yes. 
that yeah. is what they wanted him to. They wanted Ty to look like Michael, and he's not as tall. So in the pictures, he's actually standing on apple crates. To make <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so funny. <laughs> and, but you know, he but physically, he's very much like Michael. Okay, I know what you mean. How big is Michael Phelps? Uh, how big is Michael Phelps? Like, he's blessed. God was good, and you, know, you gotta guess an inches. What you say? Like, what? He's probably like eight and a half. <laughs> Just shrugged my shoulders. Like, nah. right. <laughs> Sorry. Men lie about eight and a half is pretty damn big. Oh, fuck you know, yeah. You actually put a measuring tape to your dick. It's yeah. typically not that big. When people say they have 9, 10, 11 inches, that's, like, ridiculous. That's like a baby's arm with an apple in it. Mm-hmm. Mine's, like, half an inch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like a nub. <laughs> well, uh, it wouldn't matter if he had a big one or a little one. He, he was just such a sensual person, and, you know, he could do – the same wonderful, great things with other parts of his body. Sure. Now, so, okay, I got a question for you. I don't, you don't have to answer it and this and that, but, um, so being, you know, you had those, that mutilation surgery and you got past that successfully and, and, and that's great that you're not having any residual effects from it. Um, can, okay, so like, I always wondered, and, and this is me just being a lay person to the whole subject, I guess. Um, like, would an eight-and-a-half-inch dick fit in your vagina? Yes. That's great. That's great. Um, so that's the one I, I questioned that. You know, I just didn't know how that whole thing, you know, really works, you know. so. Um, you know, it's funny. People always ask, like, does it feel like a real pussy? Well, I have no idea because I've never screwed a real pussy. Um, but Me neither. The men in my <laughs> complained. <laughs> And I've That's dated good. some pretty incredible men throughout my life, so yeah, I think I've heard something. Oh yeah, that's badass, though. That's badass. You said you just said the dude in the video looks happy. Check out the video. I came over tonight, so I had to. I know. I'm saying that was your measurement for like, like you're like this proof. This guy, yeah, he looks happy in that film. Like in this movie, I watched. He looks super excited. There's a second film that Vivid hasn't released yet, which is still based on my life with Michael, but it that first film to me for porn is vanilla. It's very like lovey dovey. The second film is very eye opening, very BDSM, kinky and really explores some of the things that Michael and I experienced when we were together. Wow, when's that supposed to be? For some reason, Vivin hasn't released it yet, but, you know, now my life is normal enough that it would really, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but it certainly would complicate my life for it to be released at this point. You know what, though? You are the one complicating other people's feelings. And you know what? Fuck it. Do it. Because I think... In the past, people have complicated your emotions and really put you in the fucking, you know, public eye as the 
you know, uh, in, a, in a fucking awkward way for you. You know what I mean? So who cares? I mean, I guess you do. Not, I guess you don't want to shake shit up. I guess you know. I would assume, um, but I mean, we only live once, you know. And and if I had an opportunity to do something like that, I'd probably do it. You know, but. See, a lot of people never understood why I did it, but no one ever had to defend their womanhood. And right. at the time, I felt like the world was against me, mm-hmm. and. I wanted to prove to the world who I was and, the, like, I guess that I was woman, hear me roar. And Vivid agreed to make it, you know, like old Hollywood and classy and, you know, between mm-hmm. the where it was shot, the lighting, the music, you know. When you watch my trailer, it's like a big-budget movie. When you yeah. watch the film, it's it's... If porn could be beautiful, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, porn, but you know that energy. I think people, you know, that are in situations, and I have too. I'm not going to talk about why I have them, but um, I'll give you a brief, brief description. So, when you're, you know, kind of in the public eye in a a not so great way, you know, to the public opinion, not necessarily to your self or to what really is good or bad for yourself and you know an image or whatever you you have this extra fuel to like fight through it and just to do better and better and better you know um have you lost that energy or do you still feel like you have this great energy from being you know in that negative eye in a certain sense um in the beginning i don't think i dealt with it good and i felt like this innate need to defend myself and you know you truly can and even when you do interviews especially print ones you know they can edit them in any context and take something you say and make it sound different um and I was hurt and I was angry um and I lived all of that out publicly which was a lot to deal with um now five years later it's like i am strong i'm comfortable living in all of my truth and i think i'm a better person for it all you know i'm i'm married again i have two kids um my life is complete and i'm very happy and i couldn't have gotten here if i hadn't gone through all the things i went through with Michael and because of Michael. Yeah. You can reproduce as well. What now? You can reproduce as a woman as well, like you do, like, like physically? Um, I could have done IVF. I don't have um, ovaries or produce eggs. Um, but my husband had two kids that, when I married him, became my kids. And I loved them, and they loved me. Yeah, yeah it was super personal. I was just being nosy. Like, I, I, yeah, I wasn't trying to... It's super no, personal, no, no. but not, I expect to, I expect to just answer any question now, honestly. That's, that's confidence for sure. Like, I can tell that you're as balanced as you say you are. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I could be real. You're just like, like, yeah, this is happening. I respect it though. Yeah. Things are, things are a lot better now. Um, you know, it probably took the challenge to get you to be confident, you know, too. Like, like, like having the world against you sometimes like helps you figure yourself out as well. I feel like. Well, it's hard to live your life in the public eye and have everything you've done good, bad, or indifferent be judged and be public and people make opinions and, 
you know, how they would do things. You know, I left home when I was 15 years old. I emancipated from my family and got custody of myself. You know, I wasn't equipped to be an adult, but I was an adult. And I learned by trial and error. And if ever there was someone that had to fake it till they made it, I was the epitome of that. But I put myself through school. I bought houses. I bought cars. I did everything I needed to do to make my life better. And, you know, I'm happy. Um, And I've never been this happy. I've had moments of happiness, but I was never happy long-term by myself because of me. I was always happy because of how someone made me feel. And when you're happy because of your environment, it's a roller coaster ride. And I don't ever want to be on that roller coaster ride again. I yeah, that's where they are now. That's great. So, off the emotional topic, I don't want, I don't know, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, you said you bought cars and houses. What kind of car do you drive, Taylor? Now, I. <laughs> Now it's very practical and family-like. I drive a Chevy Trax because I have two kids that play sports and have a lot of extracurricular activities. But sure. typically I always drove BMWs and Mercedes. Damn right. When I was with Michael, I had a BMW. Okay. Hmm. Nice. So you live in L.A.? Nope. I actually live um, outside of D.C. in Maryland. Mm. You know what? Way better than L.A. <laughs> Way better than L.A. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, East Coast is cool. I, I like the vibe with it for sure. Yeah. People don't care. L.A. is so so judgmental and so it's stupid. I think, yeah, I think uh, I think. Good I've always liked it when I traveled there. L.A. has been good to me. Um, yeah. But I like – I live, like, out in the country, but I work in the district and I work in Baltimore and so I have city life, but at the end of the day, I come home and my life is very normal. So it's almost like I'm Taylor, Leanne, Chandler, you know, nine yeah. to five. And then when I come home, I'm Taylor Walker, mom, wife, normal. So what do you do for work if you don't want me to ask? Um, I'm actually the transgender health coordinator for an organization called Us Helping Us. And I link people to care that are living with HIV and AIDS and um, connect people with services that are needed when they're dealing with a gender conflict. And then in Baltimore, I work for a boutique called Love is Love, which um, is a trademark. It's a beautiful image. And, you know, we sell greeting cards that are LGBTQ, and then we have clothing that is targeted towards LGBTQ, and then the owners both are pet lovers, and so we have a whole pet line of cards and um, clothing for your fur babies. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Making a difference in this world. Changing the game. Nice. Um, throw your social media and stuff um, before we get out here, though. Um, where can people find you? What should they look up? Your books, blah, and stuff. Just like um, all your shit like, that people should look up. Yeah, I'm real Taycha TLC on everything. But, I mean, if you Google Taylor Leanne Chandler, it's relatively easy to find me. Um, if you go to TaylorLeanneChandler.com, it connects you to 
what I'm doing, recent articles, my books. My first book is The Making of Going for the Gold, which is behind the scenes and everything leading up to and the making of the film. And then my second book is actually fiction, but it's based on my life, and it's called um, Super Bowl Surprise, and it's based on the <laughs> Super Bowl in Miami in 2007. Hey, you know, you know, it's really funny. Uh, it's it's uh, it's totally accurate. So I googled you uh, prior to this uh, podcast. I'm not, I'm sorry that I didn't know who you were initially. You know, I, I I'm closed off to a lot of media just because I choose to. Be. So you're. It was harder to find your sex video than all your credentials, which is fucking cool. Which is fucking awesome. <laughs> you rocked it on the internet under Google's context. Way better than, um, you know, I was expecting, you know, if you see, you, you, you Google a porn star, you know, and I'm not going to call you a porn star, but you are a porn star in your own sense, you know, and rock star and whatever, but you automatically see porn videos, you know, and, and it was, <clears throat> you know, websites and websites of all these different things that were, uh, that were not porn, which was really wild to see. So. Well, uh, thank you very much for, like, coming on stuff, too. Like, I appreciate it. Oh. My pleasure. I had fun, and I love talking about, you know, my life and making it so that somebody that might be going through the same thing, it's not so hard. No, it's fucking noble. I appreciate everything. Thank, uh, we'll have you on again sometime. I appreciate it, like, for sure. All right. You guys have a great night. Nice to meet you, too. Good on.